I would enter the surf contest. And on the breaks, China asked me, hey, Kelly boy, can you get your ukulele and the whole microphone set up? Would you, would you mind jamming in between the, you know, the sessions and stuff? And I goes, oh, shoot. So I would go surf my heat. And I come back under the banyan tree and start playing my ukulele and start singing. And, and then I soon realized that singing was, uh, I think I would get a little bit more further in life. <laughs> my ukulele and singing than I, than I was a surfer, you know. <laughs> Well, that's a clip from today's interview with Kelly Boy DeLima from the band Capenna. And on today's episode, we talk about all about how this amazing band started on the beaches of Waikiki. He talks about what life was like growing up on the west side and how uh, he met his wife from the east side. That was a great story to, just to hear. And also just about what life was like growing up on Oahu. He offers some great tips for people visiting the islands as well. So you don't want to miss this one. Let's go ahead and let's jump right on in. Aloha. Welcome to Hawaii's Best. Here, you'll learn what to know before traveling as we discover Hawaiian culture, local businesses, and the experiences that make Hawaii one of the most incredible places in the world. And now, your host, Brian Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have been listening for a while, I just want to say Thank you. It means the world. If you would go ahead and just take five seconds and leave a review in a reading, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts right now, that would be super helpful. And I would be so appreciative of that. Well, today, like I mentioned, we are talking with Kelly Boy de Lima from the island of Oahu. And he is a founder and leader of the group Capenna. His musical journey began in 1984 when he competed with his two Tongan brothers in brown bags. And we talk all about what that is. It's such a cool story behind that and, and how Capenna has been such an incredible presence on the islands, but also how their music has reached across the globe. Kelly Boy has toured all over the world, spreading that Capenna music that fans first fell in love with. Kelly Boy has been bringing that feel-good island music to the world for over 30 years. His genuine personality, captivating stage presence, and timeless music has made him one of the hardest working musicians in the business. We impact all of that and more in today's interview. But enough of my yakking. Let's go ahead and we're going to talk story with Kelly Boy DeLima. Kelly Boy, I just want to say... Thank you so much for coming on Hawaii's Best today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Brian. Thank you. And uh, yes, uh, things are uh, beautiful today in Hawaii. We got a little bit rain over here on the Kaneohe side, uh, but it's uh, in the 80s and, uh, you know, all is well. That's amazing. Have you always lived on the east side? Um, I'm originally from Waianae, Makaha. Uh, those beautiful beaches out there in Makaha. I grew up out there. Surfing at McCullough, Surfing Beach. And um, there's a place that we call um, Cabanas or Turtle Beach. We used to body surf there. And so I grew up all along along that that coast uh, on the west side. My dad's family are all from there. Had a great time growing up um, on, the, on the west side. Uh, it, it's beautiful. And, and, you know, we used to camp down there from like, there's a, a beach called Pray for Sex. There's Makua and there's just... Uh, all these different beautiful areas. There's Yokohama, 
down all the way towards the end as you're going to cut in a point. And uh, as kids, we would go all the way around cutting a point on my dad's old Datsun truck. We would wind up on the opposite side on Mokalegia and Haleiwa uh, on the North Shore. So uh, it, was, uh, it was a great time uh, out there in, in Makaha and Wainai growing up. And then I, I met my wife in my uh, 19, 20 years old. And uh, we got married and she's from Waimanalo now. She's from the east side. Uh-oh. Over the Koalau. <laughs> oh, the um, Capulets and the Montagues. <laughs> right, right. East meets West, you know. And uh, she said, uh-uh, I'm not moving that far away from my Shambi and Waimanalo. And uh, so we kind of compromised. And I've been here in Kaneohe now for uh, about 30 years now. Okay. Yeah. You explain a little bit what life was like growing up on Hawaii, but maybe a little bit more story about just kind of growing up, running around. You know, especially for, you know, you know the visitors and, and, you know, those that come to the islands. Here in Hawaii, you know, surfing is like a, a, a culture thing. Music is a culture thing. It's, it's stuff that have been passed down. You know, we've seen our parents and our grandparents, you know what I mean, uh, either be fishermen or uh, watermen or, you know, all sorts of, you know, things that uh, we do here in Hawaii. A lot of kids, you know, play sports, baseball, basketball and stuff. But there's a, most of the um, local kids, especially you'll find it on the outer islands, Molokai, Maui, the big island, you know. The big island kids, they grew up picking opihi, which is little, you know, shells of uh, uh, love that grow mm-hmm. on the, the sides of our rocks. And really a delicacy. I mean, you got to. You got to uh, be very experienced, very watchful when you're doing that kind of thing. But, you know, those kind of things. So I grew up just like that, you know, going to um, around Mokole Hill, like I was saying, and uh, in my dad's Datsun truck from Wainai. And we would go to Mokole Hill and go right onto the point of Kaena Point, where there's a big um, lighthouse out there. And we would pick Vana. Vana is like this sea urchin. It's a sea urchin with the, you know, the pricklies. And okay, uh, yeah. uh, in the Vana is, oh, it's, it's like a delicacy too. So we would <laughs> that as kids. We would go fishing. We would camp down there at Kaena Point in Mokoleia on the Mokoleia side of uh, Dillingham Field. It's actually where the gliders take off out there on Dillingham. Right. I remember as a kid, Growing up out there with my grandpa and grandma and mom and dad would leave us for the whole three months. That's when all schools would get off during summertime and every school would be off for three months. There wasn't no, you know, year round school or where you go back to school. This, you know, after a couple of weeks, no, this was all Hawaii. You get off at the same time. And uh, I remember my father-in-law and my grandfather was pure Portuguese. My grandmother was pure Hawaiian. So I would get two sides of the, the food, you know what I mean? The, oh, you know, yeah. the food, uh, uh, them shepping it up down at the beach. And, and mom and dad would actually um, come to the beach and then they would leave all the kids with our, you know, all the cousins and they would go to work. And then after work, they come back to the beach and we would camp for three months, you know. So we would be fishing, we would be crabbing. And uh, I remember my dad, them coming and they would go night diving quite a bit. And I remember them going out one time and night diving and my dad bringing back this big, I mean, this big white eel. I mean, the, the, the eel was <laughs> there, you know, it was about as big as my, like my leg, <laughs> you know, huge eel. And I was like, what the heck are we going to do with this? You know, and, and my grandfather cooked it in this vinegar style, this Portuguese way called the uh, huh. Inyo Deutsch. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, in Hawaii, we get all these different cultures and uh, flavors and uh, yeah, there's a whole things fusion. that we do. It's just, you know, yeah. it's just one big melting pot, you know, Brian. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh, so my grandfather cooked. Oh, this is the best. Oh, I still can taste. I was a kid, you know, and I still can taste it in my mouth. But that's the kind of stuff that we would do, you know, surfing. Takes you back. Yeah, yeah. It takes me back surfing and, and diving and watching my father then go diving and, and, and just growing up, you know, that life. And uh, it was, it's, it's great times in Hawaii. And, you know, you know, local people, they love to, um, to share the culture. They love to, uh, I know we have uh, plenty of family that come from the mainland and stuff. And they're just so, they just want to soak in everything, you know. Yeah. You know, right. It's that and the other. So it's a, it's a good life here. Yeah. Now, what about music? Was that model growing up as well? Like, where, where did that come from? Well, you know, the, the whole music thing started in intermediate school. Okay. And it kind of was linked to my surfing. And, you know, I, um, I thought I was going to be a pro surfer when I was growing up. I was this skinny little kid that was, you know, after I left Waianae, I moved to the Kaimaki area and it was in intermediate high school time. And I grew up on Waikiki Beach. I became a, a Waikiki Beach boy. I would run for all the uncles. Hey, if you needed coffee or you needed one drink, I was your man, you know. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I gave surf lessons and, and took people out on the canoe outrigger, you know, in Waikiki Beach. And I lived that life. And that's pretty much how I learned. You know, I had uh, beach boys, friends, kids that were all growing up with me, James Willis, uh, was a dear friend from the Big Island. And another kid that I grew up with, uh, Kunia Godera, who was a grandson of um, our legendary Gabby Pahinui mm-hmm. from the Pahinui family. He was one that really inspired me um, and his abilities on that ukulele. But it was during that time running around on the beach, I would take my ukulele, I would give them to one of the beach boys on Waikiki Beach, like Oko Imai, Imai Kalani Yani had a group called Intangibles here. It did four part, the four part Hawaiian harmonies and the beautiful old, that old surfer style, you know, and uh, oh, it was just, you know, so I would give up my ukulele and I'd be watching the chords. Anyway, um, China Uemura, who organized these big China's uh, surfboard meets, longboard meets, uh, would put on these surf contests down in Waikiki. I would enter the surf contest and on the breaks, China asked me, hey, Kelly boy, can you get your ukulele? And we got a microphone set up. Would you, would you mind jamming in between the, you know, the sessions and stuff? And it goes, oh, shoot. So I'll go surf my heat. Yeah. And I come back under the banyan tree and start playing my ukulele and start singing. And, and then I soon realized that singing was, uh, I think I would get a little bit more further in life <laughs> with my ukulele and singing than I, w- than I was a surfer, you know. <laughs> So about like what year was, was this around? Oh, that was in the eighties. That yeah, was okay. that was in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely early eighties. So things were really starting to kind of build up. Yeah, so at, at I graduated time. in 84. So yeah, that was, that was around the intermediate and the kind in the, in the eighties. Definitely. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was 85. You started Capenna? Um, 80, 85, I started the, the Capenna that I would go on for the next 20, 20 years with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe unpack that a little bit. How'd that start? So in 84, I entered the Brown Bags to Stardom, which was the equivalent to like American Idol or The Voice, the Hawaiian version of uh, American Idol. And it was high schools that competed against each other. And the finalists would compete at the Waikiki Shell. Oh, okay. I tell you what, Brian, this thing was loaded. It was we never had the internet. We didn't yeah. have any, maybe we couldn't download somebody's song or, 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 you know, you go to Tower Records, 
and you buy your CD right. or, yeah, or cassette. cassette yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not as old as eight tracks. <laughs> so um, you get your cassette and man, I tell you, it was just phenomenal. It was a phenomenal turnout that Waikiki show. I mean, you'd have 10,000 people in the Waikiki show and another 4,000 outside just, hanging, just yeah. listening and hanging out and, and, and tailgating and potlucking and doing all of that stuff. And it was huge. And uh, I entered with a couple of uh, friends of mine from school in 84. And we were um, against that year. Uh, the guys that won was Naleo Kilimehana. Oh, yeah. Three girls. They did their original and they just blew everybody out of the park. And it was, it was awesome. But that was my first time entering the brown bags. And then the next year I entered with my group with the two Tongan brothers, Tiva, Tiva and T. Okay. That was in 85. But they had a, a elimination process, which was um, before we got to the shell, before you just win for your school and you go, you go straight, you would win in, at your school and then you'd go straight to the shell. But the next year we won for the school. And then the top three from our school would compete another high school top three, and they called it Hawaii High. And we didn't make it out of that round to go to the Waikiki Shell, but we went other places after that in our career. Yeah, it was just, that was just a lot of, you know, stuff, you know, the groundwork. And, yeah. uh, and then we went on and traveled and, and won, uh, you know, countless um, Nahoku Hanohano, which is uh, equivalent to the Hawaiian Grammys, for those of you guys that don't know. And I got a couple in the back there, all in my... Yeah, I see that. Or the bunch of them yeah. uh, in the back there. You know, just the contemporary group of the year, album of the year and on, on different, you know, years and stuff. And, you know, it was just, a, it's just been a wonderful journey. You know, the music has been a wonderful... Of course, then went for about 20 years. So for the past, I would say 10 to 15 years now, um, I've been performing with my children, which has been another you know, like another season and another chapter in my life, you know, which has been, uh, I think the biggest blessing for me. I bet. You know, like I was telling you earlier, you guys about culture here in Hawaii, culture is really important. You know, it's, it's stuff that, you know, the language is what is passed on. Our language is not something that we just, you know, figured out. Let's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just a cultural thing, just like the music. So right. my dad taught me I'm teaching my kids and now my grandkids are performing too with us. You know, it's just the circle of life, you know, and, and to Hawaiians, you know, that's very important. It's a very, it's our culture. Like, so the music, surfing, uh, everything to do that is, you know, is to do it Ohana. And I guess the Ohana is, you know, the family unit is the biggest, you know, bond here in the islands, as you well know. So yeah, the kids are, are carrying on, they're carrying on the legacy and the, uh, you know, the beautiful thing is I get to sit back and, and still breathe in and I'm, I'm alive and I'm enjoying every moment of, of this. That's incredible. You, you hit it on the head. As you were talking, the word, this legacy just kept popping into my, to my head. And it just must be super cool seeing, you know, your family carrying this on and seeing some of the fruits, right. you know, out of these, you know, how many years, you know? Yeah. That's, that's incredible. It is. It's one thing to pick up the ukulele, any instrument, and like, hey, I think I have this talent I've been getting. I, I should, I should, you know, refine it and and, and press into it. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side, there's this whole songwriting journey, and maybe talk a little bit about that. When did you discover, or what was the songwriting process like for you, or what is it like for you currently? Well, I'll, I'll talk about a, a song that I wrote. It's called Kalena Cool. I wrote this for my daughter. Mm. 
I kind of shot myself in the foot writing this one because now the other two kids are like, wow, dad, we're personal. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> thanks, dad. We know his favorite. <laughs> thanks a lot. I don't really know who the favorite is, but it just, you know what? This, you know, a lot of people think that you just sit down at a table and you just start writing. And, and normally that's what it is. You know, it's, it's about experiences and it's about, you know, things that you've been through through life. And, and, you know, basically music is like, I mean, I'm sure I can answer for everybody. It's like the soundtrack of our life, right? Yeah. Any, you know, I mean, you can remember when, shoot, I remember when rock the boat, don't rock the boat, babe. <laughs> that was in the seventies. I was in Y9, you know what I mean? And, you know, that that's the kind of songs that come up and it's like, boom, you just, you're right back to exactly. I was like, I remember that <laughs> where, I, where I was walking and where I was. And anyway, so it, it was like that. But in this song in particular, yeah, well, that's the process of songwriting, I presume. But in this time particular, I dreamt I was dreaming and I dreamt the melody and I, I woke up from my sleep and I came to the table over here that I'm sitting on, same living room. I've been here for Kalena was three months old when we moved into this house. She's 28 now. She was nine months old when I wrote the song Kalena Cool. So it was right here. Came to this table and I started writing the lyrics. And it just came, the melody, everything just coming funny faces. I just try, you know, and it's like yeah. and and that was like a, a very unique process, I guess, of the songwriting for me with that one. And that thing became, you know, I mean, honest to God, Brian. Yeah. We just did a baby party. You know, in Hawaii, we celebrate baby parties for you. Oh, yeah. There's no baby luau's are very, very oh, important. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. You know, it's a huge thing. Everybody has a baby luau. And it's because of, you know, another cultural thing. If right. the kids in old Hawaii would make it for a year, it was a celebration, you know, because anyway, I won't get, you know. Sure. Crazy. Yeah. You can fill in the blank. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the baby luau's are very important to uh, local people. So. I want to say maybe a year or two ago. I wrote this song 28 years ago, guys. You know what I mean? It, so they hired us to come and play for their baby Luau. And the baby's name was Kalena Koo. You know what I mean? And there's so many Kalenas named after, you know, the song. After all of these years. And I'm like, what a timeless thing, yeah, songwriting is. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, I could have, I wrote that song 28 years ago. And people still naming their kids Kalena. And they want to, you know what I mean? They want to, you know, hire you so that they can play for their brand new babies, you know, birthday party, Kalena, you know, and it's, yeah. Yes. It just, it blows me away how much an effect music has on, on our lives and everybody's life in general. Yeah, it definitely speaks to the soul in ways that words can't sometimes. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, I tell the kids that we have a responsibility you know, when we're, when we're up there performing, that's why it always comes from, from a good place, you know, when we perform. Because uh, we have a responsibility because, you know, I mean, we are the soundtrack for a lot of people's lives. And you know what I mean? I mean, I get it all the time. Bro. This one kid told me, bro, Kelly boy, I remember he, he sent me a message on Facebook. He said, I remember when the first Capena cassette came out, me and my friend, we heard about this group on KCCN radio and we caught the bus from Haleiwa all the way to Ala Moana Shopping Center just so that we could get the Kapena cassette tape. And bro, we had them and we carried it all the way back on the bus back to Haleiwa <laughs> and popped it in. 
and you know countless stories and i'm like bro thank you i just i said bro i'm i'm forever indebted bro you know thank you you i, I you know, and you don't realize how much the music touches people. You know, like I tell the kids all the time, we, you know, we have a responsibility to, to keep it up, keep going and keep yeah. singing it from the heart, you know, totally. Now playing with the kids, maybe going back even a little further, what was that transition like, you know, doing the family band? It was like a change of duty. It's like, like, you know, things kind of fell into place. There was no animosity. We never, ever broke up with, with my original group, it's just, you know, people moved on, you know? Yeah. You know, life goes on, you know? Yeah. I, even with my kids, they're all grown up. They're getting married <laughs> and I have grandkids now and it's like their life has moved on. You know, I'm trying to pull them back and say, hey, <laughs> you no, know, life moves on. And that's what happened with the two brothers, you know? Yeah. And Timo, Tiva, you know, in Tonga, um, even the Tongans, you know, they're Polynesians too. So they have a heavy culture, which is heavily uh, placed on the, the oldest child, especially mm. in Tongan families. You know, when the kupuna or, or the, the parents get older, um, their responsibility is to take care of that. And kind of, so Tivo, what had happened was he just kind of moved into that, you know, that place in life where he had to take care of mom and dad and, and, and move into that responsibility. And they're heavy in the church, uh, Tongan church as well. He just had to step up. You know, and the music, yeah. you know, he couldn't really keep keep going with the how we were, you know, we were going about things. And it, it kind of just worked out really cool because Capena joined in as our keyboard player. And then Timo got married and, and he moved back to Tonga to go help the parents out too, which was a guitar player. And then Kalena Kuhl came in. She jumped on keyboards. Capena moved back to drums. And then, you know, but I taught only these kids during this time, you know, it was into drum lessons, saxophone lessons, <laughs> trumpet lessons, drumming, piano lessons. They took piano, classical piano since they were five years old. So they all wow. play piano. They all can drum. Kalena went to drum lessons too. So Kalena jumps on the drums too. I don't know. It was just, I, I like to say divine appointment for them to be in that office that they're, they're holding now is carrying on the next generation of Kapena. And, it's just been such a, a, a great, I, I cannot believe it, you know? Yeah. You know, like the piano teacher would call me up. She goes, you know, Kelly boy, there are families that come to me and they have multiple children too. And maybe one of them, you know, got some talent, maybe two, but all of your kids, you know, she's like, all of your kids just, what do you mean? Great. Uh, the guy, but I, you know, to be honest, Brian, I I, it was a grueling time because, bro, I was like this drill sergeant, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, general daddy, you know what I mean? Like, get on your lessons. And while the other kids were outside playing kickball and playing, you know, whatever they're doing outside, these guys was in the house, you know, practicing. Okay, you got 45 minutes on the drum, <laughs> right? 45 minutes. And then when you guys are done with your 45, everybody switch. switch. You know? <laughs> so, you know, they worked hard for it. They really did. And when the time came, like you said, yeah. Uh, we transitioned. Um, it was all, you know, as we say in the islands, Pono, it was all good, you know, mm. like one, one hand just slipping into one glove. And, you know, the kids in Hawaii, you know, and I stress the culture thing and the Ohana thing. If I chose any other group members to fill the shoes of my original group, Kapena, Kapena wouldn't be here today. Mm. But 
the locals look at you and they says, oh my gosh, that's Kelly Boy and all of his kids. Right. They can get, because it's all about Ohana, like I told you here in Hubba, you know. Right, they get so charged. You know, people come up to me daily. Every day I get a, I get some kind of, and it's like, wow, what a blessing to perform with your children and to, mm. you know, to do this with the, with, with the kids. And uh, I really believe that uh, that's what's taken us, you know, from the 80s and now we're here and we're still continuing on, you know. Because each one of them in their own right is an amazing and accomplished musician. Totally, yeah. Obviously, yeah, these huge shoes of, you know, Capenna. Right. But, to fill. Yeah. you know, yeah. to fill, right? And, but they're amazing musicians in their own. I mean, they, they work. You can definitely tell they earned they it. They sure did. You know, they, they worked really hard for it. And uh, they might be scarred a little bit. because. Of- <laughs> Scars are okay. <laughs> but they're okay. They're good. They're good. They're yeah. good standing citizens in the community. So <laughs> you performed about, was it like six nights a week? Most of the time, about, seven. Oh, seven. Okay. Wow. Uh, um, the Sundays, normally we take off, you know, for church and stuff. But if you get, uh, we're also praise and worship, you know, leaders for our, in our church. So we have that responsibility too. It, it's not really a responsibility. It is a joy, you know, yeah. to get into church and to to do that. But uh, yeah, that's it's one of our other jobs is to do that. But um, you know, my father in law is a pastor. I'm, I married a pastor's daughter, and my father in law always used to say, you know, something. If you're working and you have work, it's a blessing. And if mm. you get work, especially as an entertainer, please go take do your job. God is what wants to bless you, you know. <laughs> and uh, so. We wouldn't shy away from, you know, oh, no, we don't work on the Christian. We don't work on Sundays. And no, right. my father-in-law would encourage it. And he says, you got on job. It's a blessing. Recognize it. You know what I mean? And, That'll and preach. So, <laughs> some of the times, you know, uh, we would, we would um, a lot of times we get gigs on the sun, on a Sunday in the evening. But yeah, so we worked in Waikiki. We work in Waikiki to answer your question. Mondays were at the Halikulani Hotel. Tuesdays we're at the Royal Hawaiian Hotel. Wednesdays I'm at uh, I do a solo thing, but all of my kids remember now during the week we all That's do right, solo. All... So Capenna plays the grand piano at the Moana on Wednesdays. I do a solo at the Surf Jack. Kalena does a solo piano gig at Maggi Mangiamo, some Italian restaurant, and then Thursdays the Royal. I think I think. Thursdays, I think the Moana. Beach? The, okay. Yeah, the beach bar. Yeah, yeah. At the Moana. So that was our studies. We're doing the, the, the Sheraton Waikiki on Fridays, but then we kind of, they changed the times on that. So about maybe a year or two now, we've been out of that one on Fridays, but we get casuals, you know, like baby parties or a wedding or something on a Friday, or, or even we perform at the different restaurants or clubs, yeah. you know, different uh, venues. And then we do just this huge bunch of um like baby party from baby parties to weddings to birthday parties anniversary parties so from the humble environment of your living room and streaming to you know millions of people to playing at the shell i'm just super curious playing across the world and even in waikiki is there like one experience one performance that you go back to and you're like that was that one night that was just magical is there one performance or is there like a, a season or multiple performances that just kind of flood your mind? Yeah. You know, there's so many, when you, when you say that, there's so many things that come up, emotions and feelings and stuff that 
come up in my mind. There's been so many wonderful experiences, you know. Yeah. I remember a lot of them were at the Waikiki Shell. It was a FM 100 birthday bash. And, you know, we started that off with, with the old school guys, Kapena, Israel Kamakavivawone, Willie K. And, you know, Willie K just passed away. Israel is, has passed. And I remember standing up on stage, Roland Casamaro. It was me, Willie, Roland, and Israel were on the stage. And I had this old sketchy little video that I still have of the four of us up there on, on stage at the Waikiki Shell. You know, those are high points, uh, definitely. Yeah. And look, all three of them have, have gone on home and they're all jamming in heaven now. <laughs> um, there was one year at the Waikiki Shell when FM 100, which was the radio station here for those of you yet visitors out there tuning in, FM 100 was uh, the radio station that posted these big called birthday bashes and they lasted for, I think, 22, 23 years. And we played for everyone all 22 of them or 23 of them. But one year in particular, this was before cell phones and before, well, it was the days when people only had lighters and, uh, <laughs> you know, no cell phone lights right. on the camera and stuff. They were giving away these flashlights, these little flashlights that, you know, you turn on and, you know, kind of, you know, hang at the end of your key and, oh, okay, yeah. you know, if you lost your, okay. so it was, I think they gave like the first 5,000 people that came to the gate and this, you're talking about 10,000 people that would attend these concerts, you know? So the first 5,000, so I'm thinking I'm backstage and I'm like, man, all these people got these lights and it's like, what, what, do, what do I do? <laughs> it had to have been, I would say maybe six years into the birthday bash. Maybe I did six of them already. I thought to myself, what could I do to, incorporate these lights and stuff. So I sang Danny's song, which is, uh, we recorded it also, but it was a uh, Loggins and Messina tune. Mm -hmm. uh, Even though we ain't got money, I'm so alone. And you know, money. everybody knows that yep. song, uh -huh. right? So I, I started off this thing. And when we came to the chorus, even though we ain't got money, I yelled on the mic for the technician to shut down the whole house, you know, the lights. And bruh, right. <laughs> Dude, these guys was flashing there. I said, turn on the <laughs> And the whole Waikiki show was lit. Oh, man. And you know what? Long story short, after that, every year we had to do Danny's song. <laughs> and, you know, and then it evolved, for, it evolved from the, those lights to lighters. And then it evolved to cell phones, you know, going right. <laughs> crazy. And I was, I was that? That was one of many, just so many. Thirty-five years I've been, you know, doing this, and it's been a, a wonderful journey, you know, to say the least. That's incredible. Yeah, all those years, and you've seen Waikiki transform and revolve, and you've seen many people, you know, come and go. Yeah, if someone's coming to the islands, maybe for the first time, or or year after year visiting, what, was, what would be something that you would want them to know coming to the islands, just kind of being prepared? To come wanting to learn something about the islands and our culture. Yeah. Because it's very rich. You know, our culture is very rich. You have it right there in Waikiki. You know, um, surfing is, a, is a, something that I would I always suggest, you know, because it's, you know what I mean, the Dukahanomoku and or Kupuna, you know, that was their life, you know what I mean? Surfing in the Waikiki Beach life. And and then, you know, especially going around the island and, and getting the experiences of everything culturally. Iolani Palace is a good one, you know. 
yeah. learn about, you know, history and, you know, our queen, Liliwo Kalani. And, you know, it's just a lot of rich heritage. So dive into it, you know, yeah. even like the Arizona Memorial, you know, um, that is a lot of history too. You know, my father-in-law who just passed away last year would, he would sit, I would sit with him. I was married to, I'm married to his daughter for 32 years. So I, you know, I knew him from my twenties and he was a little boy when Pearl Harbor happened, mm. you know, and he actually waved at the, at the, the planes going over. He lived where the Honolulu airport is. And a little fun fact for you guys that not too many people know, but that area was called Damien Track and it was track homes that they, and it was right where the Honolulu, uh, Honolulu International or Daniel K. Inouye Airport, I stand corrected now, <laughs> it is. Right. It was the main track. So right next to the Honolulu Airport is Pearl Harbor, right next door. So he was a little boy. He was about six, seven years old. And he remembers those zeros, you know, coming over, you know, coming wow. right over their house. And they were low. He said they were low. And all of a sudden, you know, these Oof. bombs went off and fire. He said they saw fire a mile up, you know, just going, you know, and just chaos and, you know, sirens blowing. And it, right, it makes me, you know, it, it takes me like to another place when these old timers, you know, they tell you. So like I said, getting back to my, my point, a lot of history over there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it even uh, has a deeper respect for me when you hear it from the mouth of somebody that experienced it, like my father-in-law, wow. you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, go around and uh, enjoy uh, even the ex-president Obama comes here and vacations here and definitely um, tries out our, loves to eat our favorite uh, shave ice, shave ice, you know, yeah. or shave ice and Matsumoto's on Hali, in Haleiwa. And uh, just, you know what, what is unreal about Hawaii? And I like people to, to know, especially visitors, is the food. The food is just incredible because we have this, you know, this mix, you know, pot of different cultures that are, infused in, in our food here in Hawaii, bro. That is, I would say, you know what I mean? I know a lot of people just want to get onto that beach and it's like, let me get some suntan, let me get into that water and that, that's all good and right. well. But, bro, get into, go up to um, Waimea, Waimea Valley. And, oh yeah. But that's nice stuff so to much, do. Yeah, like, rich history like, there too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, take, take the time to uh, kind of, you know, uh, go over your game plan or, you know, even as locals, we like to go to the, believe it or not, the Polynesian Cultural Center too. Okay, yeah. I love to spend the day. Sometimes we go, you know, maybe we want to go for a year and then we go and we go visit all the villages and then you get that real quick injection of what, mm. you know what I mean, what all the different Polynesian islands are, you know, and how they are brothers and sisters and how we are all kind of connected, you know, that, so. That perspective. Good yeah. stuff, but yeah. good stuff. And, and stop by one of those stands on the side of the road that sells ice cold coconuts or pineapples and stuff. Get some, yep, <laughs> even, yep. the <laughs> even the locals do that. Even the locals do that. So, you know. Gailey boy, this, oh man, we could, I could keep talking to you forever, man. And I uh, could too. I'm this Portuguese. is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have family who are Portuguese as well. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Gailey boy. This has been real. I, I truly appreciate you and everything that you've you've done. Oh, thank you, Brian. Anytime, Brian. Anytime you need me, you know, anytime. I'm good. <laughs> well, a big mahalo to Kelly Boy for his time and coming on today. 
my biggest key takeaway was not only is Capenna an amazing band, you can tell that they're so genuine. The heart behind Capenna is so real. The perspective, no matter what we go through, we always have music and to always do our best to look on the bright side of things. And I just love that outlook that Kelly Boy and his whole family just portray. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this conversation with Kelly Boy, I would just love to hear your feedback to drop a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And I just totally appreciate that. But until next time, be well. Aloha. Mahalo for listening to this episode of Hawaii's Best. To stay up to date on future episodes, please subscribe and visit us at hawaiisbesttravel.com.